It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. Welcome back to the 4 Men Podcast. Today my guest is Steve Weatherford. Steve is a husband, father, former NFL punter, and a motivational speaker. And Steve, there's honestly so many things that you do that I'm really not sure what they all are. So, well, first off, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, th- thanks for having me, man. I feel like the the same way. There's been several people that have been like, hey, you know who I need to hook you up with? Christian Huff. I'm like, it's like the third person who has said this to me, man. I like, I need to go look this guy up and, and learn a little bit more about him. But man, I just, uh, I really am. I'm really honored to be on here because once I did do a little bit of digging, not into just who you are, but what you're about, man, I, I'm intrigued. I'm really honored to be here. And, uh, and I know that we have a lot of mutual friends, so uh, I'm sure we're going to tell some good stories. I, I, I really think we are. Well, yeah, same for you. Yeah, because I was, I was, like I told you, I was texting Nick, and Nick was like, yeah, you have to have Steve Weatherford on the podcast. And, yeah, really what we're trying to do here, I think it's similar to, you know, all the things you're doing, motivation, motivationally speaking and stuff-wise. It's just, yes, that's what the 4-8 comes from is First Timothy 4-8, where Paul says that physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. So how do we – uh, disciple young men physically, but also spiritually, and how do we uh, encourage them to to read their Bibles, and how do we encourage them to pray, and all these other things? But how do we challenge them uh, to to train physically, but also to train spiritually as well? So, really, really looking forward to our conversation today. And, and for those listening, can you kind of give a little brief backstory on kind of who you are and how you're doing what you're doing now? Yeah. So, uh, for those of you guys who have no idea who I am. That's that's totally cool because I was a punter in the NFL. So like, let's let's start there. Um, but in all reality and in all seriousness, I'm honored to be here. My name is Steve Weatherford. Uh, I'm 39 years old. Uh, I'm a speaker. My wife and I started a health and wellness supplement company. I've got six kids. I've been married for almost 15 years. Um, my Wikipedia page looks amazing. Right. But like what a lot of people don't know is like during a lot of those highs, there were drug addictions, there were porn addictions. Uh, there was a lot of worthiness issues and a lot of self-hatred, a lot of, hey, man, I've got to prove this so I can get attention to my dad. So, um, man, I'm just really looking forward to having some conversations that are really going to connect with uh, with men on a deep and meaningful um, level, because here's the deal, man. There's no amount of arms and abs that are ever going to fix the, the, the God-sized hole that we all have inside of ourselves. So um, I'm excited to be here. And uh, I guess I would say in 60 seconds, uh, that's what I am. Uh, that's what I'm doing. But really what my mission purpose is, is to bring people to Jesus Christ and to grow the kingdom. Um, and so I use my supplement company uh, to be able to, to leverage that. And if there's something that I'm involved in and it's not in some way fun- funding me, bringing people to Jesus or growing the kingdom, um, or it doesn't effectively do that um, on the whole, then then I'm not involved in it. And it wasn't always that way. You know, I had a really radical God moment about five years ago, and I'm sure that we'll get into that, um, that really just shifted everything for me in the most radical way. So since that moment, nothing has ever been the same. Um, Not to say things haven't been hard, uh, but things have never been the same. So I went from being on uh, 
a really, a really erratic mission from mission to mission. And then God pulled me out, um, dried me off and showed me purpose. And I've been on that ever since. Amen. Well, man, I, I really cannot wait to, to get into that because that's what, that's what the whole podcast is all about. You know, it's how do we, how do we truly come into a relationship with Jesus and not just, you know, go to church, check the boxes and do all those things. But before we get into that a little bit, I want, I'm just curious, do you know that, are you the most jacked punter that's ever played NFL? Is, is that like a like a like a Guinness World Record? Uh, like I don't even I don't even think that they have an award for that, um, but I'm sure that I have it because there's not very many of those punters that are really that that impressive. So, um, yes, I will take that award. That's like being the sharpest, the the smartest guy on the short bus, man. But <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. take it. Uh, well, have you always have you always been into into strength training? I've always been into strength training. Um, I mean, I obviously didn't do it, but as a kid, man, when it became really, really uh, attractive to me was through movies, watching like yeah. uh, Rocky Four, watching Karate Kid, watching Pistol Pete, uh, watching Rudy, and watching all of these these uh, guys that during their life story that seemed smaller, that seemed skinnier, that seemed that had le less talent, but man, they had a dream and they worked really hard and they sacrificed and they, you know, they turned the other cheek and they, they, they came early and they stayed late and they became champions and they achieved their goals. And so that was something that was always really attractive to me because, and I think all of us go through this phase where we, and I, I some of us stay in this phase where we think that, you know, other people have more than what we have and we get fixated on what they have that we don't have and so we never take that journey um and so i was always really um fascinated with developing my body but it wasn't really until about 13 years old that i touched the weight room one thing that i wanted to share christian if you don't mind as we were talking um kind of to set the context i think a little bit for our conversation today is uh, there was a study that was done and you kind of sparked my memory to pull this out of my phone and I hope you don't mind me sharing it, but during a brutal study not. in Harvard in 1950s, Dr. Kurt Richter placed rats in a pool of water to test how long they could tread water. And on average, they'd give up and sink after 15 minutes. But right after they gave up from exhaustion, the researchers would pick them up, dry them off and let them rest for a few minutes and put them back on this for the second round. In this second try, how long do you think these rats lasted? Remember, they had just swam until failure just a few short minutes ago. How long do you think? Another 15 minutes? 10 minutes? 5 minutes? No. These rats swam for 60 hours. That's not an error. That's 60 hours of swimming. And the conclusion drawn from the experts was that since these rats believed that they would eventually be rescued, they could push their bodies way past what they previously thought was impossible. I will leave you with this. If hope can cause exa exhausted rats to swim for that long, imagine what the belief in the God of all hope can do for you. And the reason that I kind of wanted to mention that um, in context for kind of the conversations that we're having is those rats were able to do something physically that before the doctors would have said, well, this is a miracle and it's supernatural. Um, and the only thing that shifted is what they, they believed that eventually that they were going to get pulled back out um, and dried back off. And for that reason, they were able to go 
a thousand times longer than they were the first time. And so that's really what I'm praying and believing our time together is going to be about is not just helping people to develop their body and just kind of like come up with a, a practical, tactical game plan for their spirit. Man, I'm praying and believing that this is going to light you on fire um, and, and set you on a path that, that's going to change your life there forever. And, and the people listening to this, Christian, are the people that get to decide if this is a defining moment in their life. Um, because... If exhausted rats can swim for 60 hours when they got just exhausted from 10 minutes before, imagine what a podcast like this can do when the Holy Spirit takes over and you're willing to receive what he has for you. So yeah. thank you for that question. I just wanted to set that context, man. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you set that context because I'm just going to go ahead and get right into the spiritual stuff then. So you mentioned five years ago you had a, had a radical life change. Before that, you, know, you talked about porn and pills, and for me, porn was a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, were you just super worldly, but still involved in church? Did you grow up a believer? Or was there no relationship with Jesus or what kind of, what was your pre context before? Yeah. That? Yeah. I grew up in, I grew up in the church. Um, my parents are still married. They didn't have sex until they got married. They never did drugs. They never drank alcohol. They never smoked cigarettes. Um, but I didn't want the Jesus that was at their church. You know, the, the Jesus that was at that church in my, in my little mind, um, you know, it was the, the God of, you know, rusted, rusted station wagons, busted marriages, fat, unhealthy people, um, khaki pants tucked in. Nobody's happy. Um, very legalistic. Um, every time I went to church, yeah. I felt really bad about it. Um, so from like zero until 11 years old, Christian, I wanted nothing to do mm-hmm. with church. Um, and so you asked me like, hey, during all the porn and pills, were you going to church? Well, I mean, I was playing football on Sundays, entertaining people after church. So like technically I wasn't going to church, but we had, you know, Saturday night we would have um, we would have chapel. It would be like 25 minutes. And, you know, it was funny during training camp when, when people weren't sure whether or not they were going to make the team. Boy, chapel was packed, brother. And, and as soon as they made the final cuts and people knew they made the team, boy, the herd thinned out quite a bit, man. And I was one of those guys. So that I hope that gives you context, man. I went to God, like if I remember before a meal and if somebody was sick and if I needed to make an NFL roster. So I really didn't have a relationship with God. Um, I felt like God wanted to strike me down. Um, and I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about a real relationship with God through Jesus. Um, and yeah. so I just wanted nothing to do that. But at 11 years old, I got invited, Christian, to, um, and I kind of, I didn't mean to wear this shirt on the day that we were doing this podcast, but I just came from the gym. This is just like what I wear on the regular. So you guys can laugh if you're watching this on video. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. Yeah, dude, I, I, I walk around in three-inch shorts, and my wife hates it, but this is just how I get down, man. This is a regular outfit for me, and the reason that I laughed about this is because the first time I, I saw this T-shirt, I got invited um, to a power team concert. And I don't know if anybody out there listening remembers the power team or the strike force, but it was like these strong men that would go from city to city and they would break bricks in Jesus name and bend bars over their head and lift up refrigerators and do all these supernatural feats. 
And then at the end of the concert, and then they would break, you know, break handcuffs and all these things. And then at the end of the concert, they would offer an opportunity for you to receive Jesus. And so I remember when I got invited and I was front row, dude, I like wiggled my little 11 year old body up to the front. I had my chin, my chin was on the stage and I'm watching all these amazing feats. And mind you, you know, me and you kind of talked about it, man, it was, I got really turned on um, to like building your body because you know, when I was, I'm, I'm 39 years old right now, I was born in 82. So like WWF, it wasn't WWE like you guys are used to. It was WWF. We're talking Andre the Giant, British Bulldog, Ravishing Rick Rude, Hulk Hogan, uh, Ultimate Warrior. And these guys were bigger than life. But according to my church and, and, and my family, like those guys, you could never want to, to be like those those guys. But then I go to this power team concert, Christian, and I'm like, wait, it's like the ultimate warrior mixed with the, the Jesus that my parents are talking about. These things can exist in the same person. There's like eight of them on the stage. I want that Jesus. And so I received Jesus that night. Um, and, um, and I thought like, okay, finally, because I never really felt like I fit in in my family, Christian. You know, like my, my two brothers and my sister kind of... I guess chose, or maybe it was just easier for them to choose my, my mom and my dad's lifestyle of, you know, just behaving. I dude, I used to get kicked out of Sunday school. Right. So I'm like, obviously thinking this Jesus is not for me, but then there's these huge guys that are saying, Hey man, if you want to operate in this same power and this same authority, raise your hand right now. Cause it's time to receive Jesus. And he didn't say, Hey, if you receive Jesus, go to the back of the room, buy my DVDs, buy my VHS, buy my t-shirts and my posters. He didn't have anything to sell, but he had something to offer. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought that my life was going to radically change. And it did radically change uh, in that moment. Um, and I had about six months of like, I don't fit in my family, but I fit in according to Jesus. And it was a really special six months. And then um, at 12 years old um, is really when I feel like my life really kind of melted down around me. Um, and I had a, I had a, a typing teacher and I won't share his name, but I had a typing teacher did, that did things to me that no man should ever do to anybody, much less a little boy. And it really brought up a lot of questions in me that I didn't have anybody to, to ask the answer. Cause just six months before, like I just got saved by Jesus. So like, if God loves me, how could he let a man take advantage of me and hurt me um, and sexually abuse me the way that this man had? And I had all these questions like, well, does God still love me? Uh, does this make me gay now? And so you're stuck with these questions that you have with of yourself. And the only time I've ever really felt celebrated as a kid Christian wasn't in, in school. It certainly wasn't in Sunday school, but when we were playing sports, you know, having ADHD and, and being a very active person, it was celebrated on the sports field. And so um, at about 12 years old, I decided I'm going to go all in on sports because that was the only place where like these thoughts would go away. Um, and so I went all in on training and all in on sports. And that really began um, a journey into proving my worth through winning um, and I'll just pause right there. Cause I know that that was a lot. And, uh, I really just kind of fire hose the first 14 years of my life, but I think it's important to really kind of set the foundation for, you know, what was your child like? What was your faith like as a kid, Steve, because man, I really do Christian. I'm not saying this just cause people are listening to this podcast. Um, the last five years of my life 
have been the best five years of my life. And it was after all of the NFL and all of those, those other things because I feel like everything that I chose as a goal or chose as a thing that I wanted to achieve or become, all of those things were predicated off of other people's opinion of me. And so about five years ago, I got really clear on what's important to God. And uh, you can't necessarily see it, but one of the things that's really important to me, this is a really funny canvas, but really important to me as well, is um, oftentimes I talk about like, what's my main motivation? And this is a, a picture of the throne room, and that's God. And if you could zoom in, you could see that's my face. One of my friends got this this made for me. It had like my face painted on on here, but it's funny to giggle about because it really does look like me. That's awesome. But, but the reason that I show that to you is um, there's going to come a day where we're going to stand before God, and He's going to ask us, "What did we do with our time, our talents, and our treasures?" Um, and if you looked at that at that picture, if you could have zoomed in, you would have seen my, my face smiling because God's got his thumb up and he's saying, well done, good and faithful servant. But in order for that to happen, you and I have to take what it is that he's given us and we have to bring it together and have conversations like this because we can't let our testimony just be for our just be for us. I mean, we can't yeah. let our time, our talents, and our treasures just be for us. It's important that we come together and we multiply those through conversations. We multiply those through businesses. We multiply those through relationships. And and I feel like five years ago, I finally got eyes to see at 11 years old, um, Jesus became my my savior, right? Like at that point, I wasn't going, going to go to hell. But at 35 years old, that's really be, when he became my Lord, when I, I started to search every area of my life and say, God, this isn't righteous. This isn't in order. Let me restore this and let me give it to you. Um, and some of the areas that I didn't know how to restore, I just gave it to him. Um, and supernaturally, over the course of these last five years, he's just continuing to unravel and, and unlock new levels of me um, as a father, as a husband, as an entrepreneur. And that's why I'm so excited to come on here and have conversations with you because, you know, I'm, I'm just a couple years ahead of, of where you're at. You know, you've got one daughter that's 14 months old and I've got uh, six kids and my youngest is 14 months old. So I believe there's things that, that you can learn from the journey that I've had. So you don't make the mistakes that I've made, but I know that there's things that I can also learn from you. It, it doesn't say uh, iron sharpens iron. So one Super Bowl champion sharpens another man. It says iron sharpens yeah. iron. So one man sharpens another. And it doesn't say the older man sharpens the other. Um, so I'm just really excited to, uh, to get together, to have a conversation with you about things that really matter. Cause it is important for every single person listening to this, for them to develop their body, right? Because that's our temple. And, and if you wanna have real influence in this world, you have to have a strong body, man. People, um, people are not gonna respect you if you don't have authority over your spiritual. But one of the, the special things about this podcast and Christian is he, he's bringing both of those things together. He's like, hey, how can we take the, the strong alpha um, physically and build up a strong alpha spiritually and bring those things together to influence men for the kingdom so when i got an invitation i said hey we're gonna make this thing happen man and i'm happy to be here well thank you man well, well all that stuff that you shared is just so good and yeah even going off of what of what you just said at the end there it's like because there i feel like there are so many extremes with fitness you know there's like the alpha male that uh that does it because he loves it or does it because he wants others to you know, to comment or to idolize, you know, progress or all those different things. So like, how do you train because you love it, not because, you know, you are idolizing what you look like. And for me, that was, uh, that was 
I think for me for a while when I, when I was back in college, um, I loved working out, but it became such an idol. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I don't want to ever, you know, treat that like it again. So I started, I took some time off and I really got back into training and started loving it again. And yeah, I just really felt the Lord opening doors um, in the gym through fitness just to, just to share the gospel. So which is why I wanted to start this and really just have a voice in the sense of how do you combine the two? So it's, you know, if, if, if you go train physically, how can you also be thinking about how you're training yourself spiritually? And I want to ask you, so, you know, so growing up, you had all those crazy different experiences. Then you said about five years ago, um, the Lord did that, which was about close to the time where you were leaving the NFL. Right. Was that, was leaving the NFL, did that play a part in, in finding your identity in that than having, you know, the Lord show you your lifestyle and really getting to know the Holy Spirit? It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Yeah, it, was, um, it wasn't something that I knew was, was happening because I had played in the NFL for 10 years, you know, won a Super Bowl. I was twice named the fittest man in the NFL, so it was, like, funny that we were giggling about, like, man, you got to yeah. be, like, the fittest, the fittest punter to ever play. I'm sure that I probably was, but I was also twice named the fittest dude in the whole league, you know? Um, but I say those things uh, to say I, I played 10 years and I could have kept continuing to play. But, man, there really was. There was a God-sized hole inside of me. And and I was on a spiritual vision quest, man. And so I retired and I thought God was pulling me into media, right? And so I did t- media in New York for two years and sporadically took my, my family to church. But none of the churches in New Jersey were really speaking to us. And to be honest with you, I really wasn't trying to hear anything from the church. But I just did it because I thought, like, I'm retired. This is what I'm supposed to do on Sunday. Um, and then we moved from New York out to San Diego because that's where I spent all of my NFL off seasons out there training. And, um, and we got invited to a church called Awaken um, out in San Diego, uh, Pastor Jurgen Matisius. And I want to honor him and honor Dr. Matt Hubbard out there because they're really the, the ones that, um, you know, when we were talking about earlier, like, I mean, I was just stuck in religion. You know, I was stuck in this really stiff, stuffy church of people that like were just waiting for you to break rules. But like I saw them away from church breaking the same rules that they were like excommunicating people for. It was like it was a mess. And I had never really been aside from my dad. My dad was a man of integrity. I never saw my man, my dad act differently in front of anybody. He never spoke differently. It's one thing that I always admired about my dad. And I thought all dads were like that until I was around other men at church. And so my mind, I'm like, dude's a church are fake and phony because my dad's a real one. Um, so I'll take this back to San Diego. I got invited to this church in San Diego called Awaken. And, um, and we started going for about six months pretty regularly. Um, and I, I would walk into the, the church and, and sit up in the top corner, hoping nobody would recognize me, just sit there with my wife. And then one day somebody invited me to go to men's prayer, which is at 5.30 a.m. At, at, on a Tuesday. And, um, and I went in there and I had never really felt the spirit of God before. 
I knew all about the rules and the commandments, right? But I went into men's prayer and these men started praying over me and I just, and I just broke down. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I can't stop crying. Um, and they were just speaking things about me that I didn't know. And I'm like, all right, man, something's got to be going on here. But I knew it was things that they knew about me that nobody should know. And so I started asking a lot of questions and they started to talk to me about the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, um, I, I need to learn more about this. So I kept coming back 5.30 a.m., 5.30 a.m. men's prayer. And we're talking about for six months. And then I got invited to emerge. And the reason that I said I kept going back for six months is important because I believe there's a lot of people that are listening to this podcast right now or like they might listen to like miracle stories like this and they're like, man, that never happens for me. And one of the reasons I believe that this happened for me is I was pursuing it. And so if if anybody's mm -hmm. listening to this podcast right now and they're like, you're really believing that God's going to do a miracle in your life. My question to you is, what are you doing to get around where miracles are happening? And then I'll get back to this story. So I went for six months, man. And when I when I, I tell you, that's the place that I learned the difference between religion and relationship the best way that i can describe it to you is when i was 16 my dad bought me a 1986 cadillac fleetwood brohan this this car was as, as long as a house man but i could fit all of my buddies in and i loved this car i had it for about six months and i'm driving down the street in Terre Haute, indiana where i grew up and one of my buddies is on the sidewalk walk walking the other way so i busted a u-turn and as soon as i busted that illegal u-turn somebody that was behind me hit me in the driver's side door. And as soon as I heard that crunch, I thought to myself, cause I've got like an old school Indiana dad. I love him, I honor him. Um, but when you make mistakes, it wasn't like, oh, tell me more, how, are you, how do you feel? And so as soon as I heard the crunch of that door, I thought to myself, my dad's gonna freaking kill me. I gotta call him now, right? That's religion, you know, like you don't wanna tell your dad cause he's gonna punish you, right? relationship with God relationship is doing the same thing making the same illegal u-turn doing the same amount of damage to your car and as soon as you hear the crunch you're thinking to yourself I gotta call my dad because he's gonna know what to do and and when that when it was a huge shift like that I'm like wait a second so God's the type of God that I, I want to bring my problems to. If I feel like I don't have strength, I actually want to go to him. Um, and that was a really powerful paradigm shift for me at men's prayer, but it happened over time. So then I was invited to emerge. And this is really where um, I want everybody to really lean in. Um, when God really did a thing in my life, I was invited to uh, a men's event in the middle of the desert called Emerge under this big, huge circus tent, Christian. It was crazy. I was like, what the heck is this, man? Bunch of dudes going out, you know, like throwing axes and doing tug of war in the middle of the desert. But it's kind of my thing, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we walked into the circus tent after games the first day and the first keynote speaker. And I was invited by my friend, Nick. And I, I got special um, permission to bring my 11-year-old son, Ace, who's 14 years old right now, about to turn 15. And so we got special permission. So my son's with me because this is a men's event. And uh, Pastor Jurgen invites the first speaker to come out, the keynote speaker. And this guy walks out. He's six foot six, big white head of hair. I mean, this dude is jacked. And so I'm paying attention. I'm like, wow, real recognized, real. There's another gorilla underneath this tent. And there's about 2,000 people underneath this tent. And the, and the guy grabs the microphone. And as soon as he speaks into the, to the mic, it was like a lightning bolt hit me, Christian. Like my whole skin and my whole body started vibrating and it got warm, but not like in an alarming, painful way. Like, 
like like you know like your skin is vibrating and i look over at my friend to see if the same thing has happened to him he's just sitting there like picking his nose i'm like nick nick who's this speaker and he goes ah he looks at this program is it's keith craft so i google I Google uh, Keith Craft, and the first picture that pops up is this picture and this dude in a mullet from like 1988, breaking bricks and bending bars over his head. I'm like, that's the freaking guy from when I was 11 years old. And so my mind is racing, and I'm like, I can't expect anybody around me to understand what's going on because I don't really understand what's going on. And so he's up there, Pastor Keith is up there with his son who at the time was like 31 years old. And so they're having a message or a sermon. I'm doing my best to pay attention, but my mind is spinning because after I got saved at 11 years old, it was really what gave me permission to go and lift weights, to go and be confident, to go and like really be a great athlete, but be a great athlete for Jesus Christ, right? So these guys, when I was 11, were on the stage doing all these physically great things, but they were giving glory to Jesus. They like made these two worlds combine. I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. And so that, that changed all of my tomorrows because I started lifting weights and I started honoring my body and eating healthy because I knew I was doing that for God, but plus I was growing muscles. So I'm like, man, this is it. I found it. And so he got done speaking and I ran up to the side of the stage and I'm like, it was an ocean of people that went up to go to try to talk to him. And uh, I'm grabbing people by the back of the neck, like the biblical days, just, I've got to get to this guy. So I get, I get to him. I'm like, pastor Keith, you're never going to believe this, but I got saved when I was 11 years old and you were the one that gave the altar call. And I started lifting weights after I met you. And, and I asked for a weight bench the next Christmas. And I asked for the, you know, the, remember the spring thing that you would pull out like this, like I'm just uh -huh. rattling all these things, all the reasons and ways that he changed my life. And he's like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Let's talk later. And so I'm walking back to my chair and Christian, I think I feel like I'm, I'm walking on clouds like this doesn't feel real. And uh, and I get back to my seat and I see my buddy Nick. I'm like, Nick, you are never going to believe this. And I start to tell the story to him. And then I remember I'm like, oh, crap, where's my son? And he's like, oh, dude, you're never going to believe it. Look up there at the stage. He just gave his life to Jesus. And I'm like, think about that for a minute, Christian. When I was 11, I got saved by that guy. When my son was 11, he got saved by that guy. And I spent a little bit of time later on that evening thinking about it. I was 36 years old at the time. That was 25 years ago, I got saved and my son got saved by the very same guy. And so my, my mom is actually doing some research right now because I know it's written down somewhere the day that I got saved. And I would be willing to wager, and I'll come back on here and let you know, um, I would be willing to wager because God is a God like that. I bet you it's the same day that my son and I both got, got saved. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Um, so anyway, I say those things to say, as that's happening, I'm thinking to myself, not only is God real, God is good and God has been working all things together for a really long time for this to happen. Um, 
And that was like a really powerful moment for me. But I want everybody to hear the second portion of this, because when I when I arrived at Emerge and when things really got like more than just Pastor Keith coming back into my life. And it's kind of like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I was really hungry to grow spiritually. And I know that that's that's what this podcast is all about, Christian. It's not just about growing physically, but it's about growing spiritually, physically um, all together. Right. And how do we do that? And, and I wanted to do that spiritually. And I was going to the spiritual gym at 538 and, um, every single Tuesday, but I needed a personal trainer. And I believe this was God, like bringing that personal trainer back into my life. But there was still one thing that, that had to happen. And when 2000 of these guys showed up in the desert, there were 2000 two by fours. They gave each guy a two by four and they asked each guy to write down everything that they brought out to the desert doesn't really belong to them that they want God to take, right? So I wrote down porn because I was struggling with it mightily at that time. I wrote down pills because I was in the fight of my life with those and nobody knew. Um, I wrote down worthiness. I wrote down lust. I wrote down all these things that like I felt like disqualified myself from relationship with God. And so he wrote all these things down on marker on these two by fours and there, there was a string and a hole. And so we wore this, we called it a burden. We, we wore it for two and a half days. And so anytime you were awake, you had to have your burden on your back. So we're sitting in church with like these burdens on our back. It was insanely uncomfortable the whole time. And then at the end of the event, each guy prayed with someone and you threw your burden into the fire. Um, and I remember, cause I was a group leader. I had about 30 guys on my team and I prayed for 30 guys. And then I was about to take my burden off and throw it into the fire. And right before I did that, one of the, the, one of the guys said, Hey, Hey, I need to pray for you. And if this guy walked up to me right now, I wouldn't recognize him. And he wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't like a holy man. He was just a regular person that said, Hey, let me stand in agreement with what God's going to take away from you right now. And that's why I believe you and I coming together. And that's why I believe the people listening to this podcast, um, it's really important, but it's really powerful too, because it says in scripture, when any two of you come together in my name, my father is with you. And so when he said, Hey, can I pray with you all of a sudden God, be, God, God got a part of the equations. And so we didn't pray a supernatural, super special prayer. We just said, God, take these things from Steve that he can't handle on his own in Jesus name. Amen. And we threw that thing in. And ever since that moment, pills and porn are still things that exist in my life, but they're things that God took away. Cause I went straight home to my wife and I said, babe, these are the things that I've been carrying around that I don't want to carry anymore. I've given them to God, but I need your support. And she was willing to get in the arena with me to slay those giants. And that was like three and a half years ago. Um, and that's how I know that God is real. That's how I know that he is good. And that's why that's how I know that he's operating outside of time. And not just on my behalf, for every single person that's hearing my voice right now, he's working things together for you right now. It's a scripture. There's a promise from God that says he's working all things together for good for those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you love God, that's you. You've checked the box. And all of us are called according to his purpose as whether or not you want to step into that jet stream and start utilizing the power and the authority that already resides in you. But you and I, we, we've got to stop blocking our blessings. So I'll just pause there. Does that make sense? I yeah. know that was a lot. No, that makes complete sense. No, no, that makes complete sense. And I just thought about the verse where it says, um, <clears throat> you know, there's two verses where it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And then mm. there's the other verse that's, that's, that's more so God talking to us than it's, you know, knocking and, and, um, knocking and the door will be open and 
for you to keep showing up at 5.30 every morning, yeah. you know, just that consistency shows that you are wanting a relationship. I think a lot of times in our culture, we're so, you know, instantaneous and we want things to happen so fast that we don't actually let things marinate. We don't, we don't, we don't let things, you know, run its course because we think it's going to happen instantaneously. And for you, you know, it it didn't happen the very first time you showed up. It was consistently over time. And then you see this relationship start blossoming and I think that's such a powerful and just going off a of scripture of, of, you know, of like, that's like, we have to do our part as well. You know, we right. have to keep like for us to have a relationship with God, like, yes, he wants a relationship with us, but it's, we cultivate, we cultivate intimacy by doing the work as well. And I think, I feel like you're, you're such a good example of that because you're so intentional with your time and, well, one, two, even even what you just shared about, you know, I feel like so much as men don't want to ever confess things, just want to conceal things, and because that's not manly to you know say I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z, and you know to see someone like you who does look like such a macho man talk in a way of humility and surrender, and and these are things that I that I need to to lay down. I feel like it's just going to help a lot of people because we have just in our mind this idea of like men don't struggle with things men don't confess things and i feel like that's even the legalistic way you know that you talked about at the beginning we can get so legalistic about things and when you think about it it was it wasn't the sinners on on earth that jesus had all the problems with he had problems with all the all the super religious people so that's kind of the way that i like to think about it at times it's like how do i you know just not be super legalistic how do i um i don't know so just that that was kind of, of a tangent no, what, no, it wasn't at all. It was, um, I mean, what, really what I heard you say, Christian, was, Steve, you've, you found a way to control the controllables and do what you can do so, so God can take over. And I feel like that's really what God is looking for, for us, from us every day, is just do what you're capable of doing and, like, let me fill the gap because that's really what he's looking for from our life is to show himself and his power to other people through our life, right? And yeah. so many times we think we need to do things to qualify ourselves to be used when God just wants to use us right away. And one thing that really kind of gives me a lot of, helps me to give myself grace is like somebody like King David. Man, God used that guy to like change the game, right? He made so yeah. many freaking mistakes, like biblical freaking mistakes that guy made, but God still used him, man, because he was, he was a man after, and this is like how he's known. He was a man after God's own heart. So what about if the men and the women listening to this right now stopped worrying so much about making mistakes and just worried about pursuing Jesus's face? Like, yeah. like the rules are the rules, but pursue Jesus and the rules will take care of themselves. So really what you and I need to do in the age that we are right now is we need to learn more about Jesus. We need to learn more about his life. We need to learn more about his ways. We need to learn more about his character because at the end of the day, that's what, that's, what's going to keep us on mission and on purpose is living a core values based life. Because it doesn't say like, hey, man, live a mission, a mission driven life. No, it says live a purpose driven life. And God has already decided what our purpose is. And so how can we select missions that are on purpose? 
And that's what yeah. I feel like the, the season that I'm in in my life is, is learning more and more about what my purpose is and then how do I stay on brand on purpose. Yeah. How do you feel like becoming a believer has impacted the way that you lead your family? Mm. Well, I know I'm not the final say anymore, you know? Um, it's yeah. not dad's way. It's not my way because I said it, you know? Um, it's definitely impacted me in a way of um, I'm much more of a student and a learner. I've always been a believer, um, but at 36 years old, that's when that's when Jesus became my Lord and not just my Savior. And so I believe that'd be a great question to ask my wife how my how my game has changed. But I know that it's made me more patient. I know that it's made me more intentional. Um, I know that it's made me rely less on my wife and more on God. Um, yeah. Because when I had gaps before, I expected my wife to fill them. Um, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Another question, because I'm just curious. How... Because even just looking at you on social media, you somehow just get bigger every single year, which I haven't figured it out yet. Um, <laughs> it's dad strength, you, man. The more kids you have, the stronger you get. There you go. That's what I've heard. Well, for you, you know, you talked about winning uh, when you were in the NFL, the two times fitness, fittest player in the NFL. How has, like, training in your mind shifted uh, from, like, now where you're – in a super strong relationship with Jesus, you're leading your family mm. compared to, let's say, 10 years ago where, yeah. you know, maybe you're just working out to aesthetically look good. Like how, like how has that, I don't know, like that idea shifted yeah. in your mind to like train just not to, to look good or, or, or to perform well, but also um, just because you love it? Yeah, um, I used to, man, I mean, even five years ago, I used to be one of those guys that said like, man, if I don't work out, I don't feel good. You know, I don't feel right. You know, like I think we've all either said that ourselves or we know people who say that. Um, and that's when I believe kind of like what you alluded to earlier, Christian, when like working out fitness in your body or your health were an idol. You know, they got more yeah. time, they got more attention, they got more focus than God did. That's essentially what an idol is. You know, like you can love fitness, you can love developing your body, you can love, you know, competing in things. But if if that takes more of your time and your attention um, than God does and, and more of your investment than God does, then you and I should probably have a conversation and, and reorganize things. You're not wrong, dude. Here's the deal that happens. There's a reason that you yeah. love, love that stuff. But like, do you love the gift more than you love the gift giver? Like, Sit back and think about that for a second. Like, are you one of those people? And if you're a Christian, that's awesome. Like, we celebrate you. You're going to be in heaven with us, right? But do you celebrate the gift of going to heaven more than you celebrate the gift giver, the one who gave it to you? You know, and I think an example for men that we struggle with, and then I want to get to your question about how has it shifted. But I do want to speak to the gift versus the gift giver and how you can tell the difference. If you value the gift you don't walk into a room to compete with other men. If you really value the gift giver, you walk into a room to complete other men. And that's what I feel like 
God has really graduated me up to, to a level where I spent my whole life competing with other men to try to be better than them, to prove it to myself that I was valuable. And now has God has shown me a, a completely different way. And I'm still, like you said, I'm still developing my body and getting bigger and stronger and running further every single year, but I'm not doing it to beat people. I'm doing it to bring attention to Jesus. And I freaking love it, man. Like God gave us yeah. a body. We got one life to live. And, uh, and I want to make sure that when I get to heaven, man, my pockets are turned inside out. And I'm like, Jesus, God, I got nothing left, man. I left it all on the field. I loved people. I forgave people. I gave to people. I wasn't perfect. But man, I know that you gave me a double portion of time, talents, and treasures, man. And I, I stand before you and I hope I did a good job. Um, so that, that would be for that. But you asked me like, how has my, like, possibly my training philosophy shifted? And, yeah. um, and I think this starts for anybody when you begin a mission of mastery in anything, whether that's mastery of a skill like bodybuilding or performance training or flexibility, and I'm just using physical things. But when you begin a pursuit of mastery in an area, what, what's the first thing that you do? You find a plan or a mentor, right? And so they give you a plan and you execute this plan long enough, that plan will become a routine, right? And we've all gotten, you know, from a plan is like, oh man, this is kind of like a little bit of my routine now. Um, I started lifting weights when I was about 14 years old. And for, for about 23 years of that, I was competing with other people. I was competing for money. I was competing for, for value. I was competing for all these things. And then when God really got a hold of me, it really did shift how I train because now, now it's much more of a rhythm. Um, I'm still big, I'm still strong, but now I don't have guilt and shame about if I miss a workout because one of my two kids uh, busted their head and they need uh, stitches at the emergency room, you know? And I'm also not gonna like take my kid home from the emergency room and then go to the gym at midnight just to say like, I got my workout in. You know, I've reached a level of mastery where I can trust myself to lead myself. Um, but I believe that, that that only comes when you get equally yoked with Jesus and I'm not just expecting myself to lead myself like I'm in partnership now. And so Holy Spirit leads me. He goes before me, even when I'm lifting weights and things like that. I know that sounds like a little hokey, but here's the deal. I don't compartmentalize how I roll with, with Holy Spirit. Like he gets all of me all the time. So, you know, I used to be a guy that, you know, like I love Jesus bumper sticker on the back of my car. Like what would it look like if we took that I love Jesus bumper sticker and we put it on the front of the bus? So people could freaking see us coming, right? Because I want to live a life that intrigues people and inspires people and attracts people because of the fruit of my life. Not because I'm out on yeah. the corner swinging a sign that says, I love Jesus. Jesus is king. Give your life to him. No, man, I want to attract people because when I started following Jesus, every single thing went up. And so this lifestyle is more than just, hey, punch your ticket to go to heaven. It's like every single area of your life will get better if you put a clear and concise design to it and and knock all of the walls down that you compartmentalize God in. You know, I used to I used to let God have all of the areas of my life except for my ego and porn. I need to hang on to those two things cuz like I need to feel good about myself. I need people to know that Steve's here. I need people to know that I'm strong and I got muscles and money and these things, right? You know, and then porn was like, "Hey, when I'm lonely, when I feel rejected, when I feel um when I feel abandoned, I'm, I'm going to use this and nobody really knows about it. And here's the deal. I'm not cheating on my wife. So it's like the lesser of two evils. It's, it's okay. Right. 
No, man, it's not okay. And it's, it's time for us to like stop living as conditional Christians because that's out of order. And until we get those things out of order, we're blocking our blessings. And God wants to do so many things, not for us, but through us. But how's he going to get something through us that we're blocking? Yeah. Frustrating. Man, I was that guy. I was the guy blocking my own blessings. Yeah, well, I was the guy that, 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 uh, that did all the things but then judged the people that, that were doing the same things, but I was going to church. So uh, we're so similar things. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. We're just we're, we're living in crazy times, and, and men just aren't, you know, living up, to, living up to what they need to be. So I, I, I want to end this episode with, you know, for, I don't know, just, just for men, so to speak, what would you um, – say to like a word of encouragement to um either to a young man or somebody listening that um I don't know that just needs some encouragement that needs to be challenged because we're just living in crazy times where you know lukewarmness is prevalent uh legalistic is is prevalent people that are just denouncing the faith but but still call themselves believers so mm. what's a what's a i don't know what's a good ending send off that that you'd give to to a man listening well i've lived one way for for 35 years guys and um i made a lot of money i was in new york city so there's like a lot of clout a lot of fame um I achieved at four goals as a 14 year old. I wanted to become a dad. That was like my first goal. I wanted to become a dad. I wanted to become an Olympic champion. I wanted to be on the cover of muscle and fitness. Um, and I wanted to become a professional athlete. I achieved every single one of those goals before I was 34 years old. And I had such a God sized hole inside of me. And, um, and so my encouragement to you is I know as you listen to this right now, like life is hard for you, right? But I said this at the beginning of this episode that this podcast can be a defining moment for you if you decide it because God created you to be a king or a queen. So I can't speak for the queens, but I know that God created kings to give meaning to meaning. So you can give meaning to this podcast episode by making a decision. And so when I say making a decision, um, choosing your hard, right? Like what hard do you want? Do you want the hard that you've been doing? before this podcast episode, or do you want to choose a new heart? And so I actually want to send, I want to read you a poem that my mentor uh, wrote, and you can't find this on the internet, but I love this. And I actually have it printed out and it's taped to my mirror. And I actually read it every single morning because my life is still hard, but now my life has meaning and it has purpose. So I'm gonna read this poem to you and I hope it encourages you. Being your best is hard. Being normal is hard. Making wise decisions is hard. Making bad decisions is hard. Being in shape is hard. Being out of shape is hard. Losing weight is hard. Being fat is hard. Working out is hard. Being weak is hard. Being disciplined is hard. Being lazy is hard. Getting outside of your comfort zone is hard, but staying inside your comfort zone where nothing changes is hard. Starting a business is hard. Working for somebody else is hard. Making a lot of money is hard. Making a little bit of money is hard. Having great relationships is hard. Having bad relationships is hard. Fighting for your marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Having a lot of things is hard. Having nothing is hard. Living on purpose is hard. Living off purpose is hard. Doing life God's way is hard. And doing life your own way is hard. Everything is hard. And you have to choose your heart. 
So I don't know what that means for you guys, but I know what that means for me. I know there's God's way and then there's my way. And I like it. I'm very bothered right now, you know, that that it's such a preferential world where people are like, oh, no, that's cool. Like, I, I agree with this whole Jesus thing, but like, this is my truth. Well, it doesn't say in scripture that my truth will set you free. It says the truth will set you free. And there's only one truth. And that's Jesus yeah. Christ. And so really what I want to do right now is I want to encourage you, but I also want to invite you into making this a defining moment. And that's where you can decide right now, if you haven't received Jesus Christ, to receive him right now, to be forgiven of your sins, to be able to step into everlasting life and to be able to step into not religion with Jesus, but relationship with Jesus. And so that's one that's one person I want to talk to. And I also want to talk to somebody else on here. Um, and this was me a couple of years ago. I had already received Jesus. I already punched my ticket to heaven. But he was just my savior. He wasn't my Lord. And I want to invite those of you who have just been living just kind of lukewarm. I'm, I'm inviting you to rededicate your life to Jesus right now. So if you don't mind, Christian, I would love to pray for, for those two people and anybody else that wants prayer, that wants to rededicate their lives and really give purpose and meaning to their life. Yeah. That'd be okay. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we'll end it. That's, that's great. Okay, good. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. We thank you. We honor you. We rejoice in your presence. And, uh, and we have some men and some women right now that are ready to make a decision. So I want those men and women, if you're in the, if you're in the weight room right now, I just want you to pause where you're at. If you're in the car, I want you to pull over. Um, and I just want you to repeat these words. Dear Jesus, I love you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me white as snow. I believe that you're the Son of God and that you were strapped to the cross by your choice and that you were raised from the dead. I love you and I honor you. And I know the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life because I'm going to be in partnership, in relationship, in lockstep with you. No longer am I going to be an isolated lone wolf. I'm going to make decisions. I'm going to speak words. I'm going to make investments. I'm going to hug people. I'm going to forgive people in partnership with you. So I thank you and I love you. And Jesus is name. I pray all of these things. Amen. Amen. So just so everybody knows, every single person that prayed that prayer for the first time, and there are not just one, there are angels, oceans of angels rejoicing because you made that decision and you can never take that decision back again. And when you die and you go to heaven, there's going to be angels, not God. There's going to be angels that are going to be standing there and they're going to open up. It's going to be called the Lamb's Book of Life. And because of the decision that you just made, your name was written in that book and you're going to go to heaven forever. Now, the second thing, and this is where I challenge you. Now, the second thing that's going to happen, those angels are going to tell you, you have an appointment with God and you're going to walk into the throne room. And this is a picture of the throne room. You're going to walk into the throne room and God is going to ask you, what did you do with the time, the talents and the treasures that I placed inside of you? I'm challenging you to live a life that's going to make him put his thumbs up and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, like really inspirational entrepreneur and speaker. Well done, good and faithful. And that's where I'm challenging you. Make this a defining moment, but make it a defining moment every single day that you wake up and remind yourself this journey that you're on, this mission that you're on and who you're on it for. I thank you guys, Christian, I honor you, man. Thank you for giving me so much space to speak and share, um, not my truth, but the truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ, man. I love you, man. I'm excited to do life with you after this. Steve, I love you too, man. Thank you so much for joining me. This was awesome. Yeah, the world needs the truth. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's yeah. not my truth. It's not your truth. It's the truth. And we have a lot of my truth in the world. And hopefully people reject that because uh, it's empty. It's not salvific. 
and uh, it's not the gospel. Yeah, man. If anybody, and here's the deal, if anybody wants that choose your hard poem, I would love to be able to offer that to them. And I want you guys to do this. Print that thing out. Print it out, tape it to your mirror, and remind yourself, today's going to be hard, but I'm choosing my heart. I'm choosing to do it God's way, not my way. I'm choosing it to, to do it in integrity, accountability, and honor. Honor your, honor yeah. your body, and it's going to work the way that God designed your body to work. Honor God, and your life is going to work the way that God designed it to work. So if you want that Choose Your Heart poem, uh, text me. My number is 949-763-5934, and I'll just auto-respond with that poem. Print that sucker out and choose your heart. Christian, thank you for having me on your podcast, man. I'm excited to have you on mine and, uh, and to get together and, and do some life together. Let's do it. Let's get together. Thank you, man.